What is good, FA Nation? My name is Justin Fensterman, along with Matt Sells and Ryan Helm, and it's time for another episode of the Family Times Podcast here on FantasyAlarm.com. Round and round we go, where we'll stop, you never know. Boys, it's a lot going on in sports over the last few days. I've been going crazy with half of the NBA changing teams. Ryan, you've had your moment in the sun when it goes to fantasy football and all of NFL free agency sells. We're right in your wheelhouse, not only with NASCAR, but also getting ready for the fantasy baseball season. Guys, what's shaking sells? Oh, you know, just you know, NASCAR race this weekend on dirt, which they haven't raced on in 51 years in the Cup Series, so literally no data to pull from, but that's all right. We got you covered anyway. Um, and then everybody and their mother getting injured in, in uh, baseball in the last week of spring training here. So we've updated the cheat sheet, I don't know, I think four times in the last three days because um, I literally finished the updates from Howard Bender on, I guess, Thursday and set it live, and then somebody else got injured, so we had to update it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of how it's been rolling. <laughs> so there's been a little bit of a landmine for trying to draft four teams late this season and not you know, get somebody that was injured. Ryan, yeah, well, on, man? I, uh, I, everything's pretty good here. I, I Talking landmines, I had Kirby Yates in my labor draft, so there goes that for the season. Other than that, my, most of my teams have actually stayed pretty healthy. I did the Tout Wars draft last week, which was great. Um, football uh, is, is just going bananas today, so uh, it's never a dull moment at the alarm. What do you guys think of points leagues in fantasy? My home league is a points league for fantasy basketball. It, it really doesn't take percentages into account as much, which I believe should be the case in fantasy basketball. But the reason I asked, Brian, you were just in count head-to-head, and we've been talking about a lot on the radio on Sirius XM, just breaking down that draft. And it's a very unique style of Ariel Cohen with the scoring that he was getting from CBS. But what do you guys think of head-to-head points? Is that something that you guys – like to dabble in, or only if you're forced in industry leagues, Helen? Honestly, it's my preferred method. I, I, I love head-to-head points. Uh, I, I'm not I, Season-long rotisserie is like my nightmare. Uh, you, you can just fall out of it so fast, and then it's so hard to make up ground. Uh, you know, you get teams dropping out by Memorial Day for baseball. Uh, I love head-to-head format uh, over season-long, and I like points over roto. Uh, so this was actually when I heard about this and I was in it. This was uh, made me very happy. This is the this is exactly what I like. I don't mind it. Um, it certainly puts different emphasis on different uh, categories. That's right. I said emphasis because I always remember the emphasis on the wrong syllable uh, when I say that. So uh, it puts different yeah. emphasis on different categories in points leagues. Um, steals certainly take a lot of uh, you know. A lot of attention in points leagues. Guys that can steal your bags go a lot higher in drafts. Like, Miles Straw in a points league is going a lot higher than he is in a roto league simply because he gets you the steals, um, and nothing else really matters that much for him. So uh, it's certainly an interesting um, way to do it. As for falling out in roto, I've been a guy who, in my home league, I was a few years ago, I was 10th out of... 21 teams in June and all of a sudden I got hot for like a month and I was right back in it and I actually wound up finishing second in the league um so you can come back it takes some uh you know a little bit of luck there 
but you can come back. So, I, for baseball, I prefer Roto, but I'm not against points. What I like about points is, like, it doesn't force you. Like, you can punt categories easier, like your stolen bases. If you don't want them, you don't have to do it. Like, oh, in Roto League. Well, really well cool. I can punt saves punt in saves. Roto. You, I punt saves every single – I've punted saves four years in a row in my home league, and I finished second. I finished in the money every one of those years, and I finished second in back-to-back. Because here's the thing. Somebody in an auction league is going to spend 10 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever on a closer who's going to lose their job by June, right? I'm meanwhile going to use that 10 bucks for a starter who's almost assuredly going to keep their job or at worst going to become a long reliever and vulture some wins, right? I've picked up closers on the waiver wire every single year for the last four years in my home league, even in a 20-teamer. I punt saves every year because it's not worth spending the money on. I do it in TGFBI, too. I mean, that's a strategy that people implore. Some people don't like punting categories, but it is. And, Ryan, in your head-to-head league, that's something that you can do, especially with stolen bases and saves. And I feel like that was the direction a lot of people went. In your, by the way, auction, Ryan, I was noticing that a lot of people were not spending. And it almost seemed like most of your league, I I wanted to get your take on this, because a big part of these salary cap auction drafts are working the room and setting the pace and making sure that you're not boxed out of getting a player that you want. Otherwise, you'll lose the tier and then you don't have that balance and you're forced to overpay. So, Ryan, let me ask you this here. I was watching your bidding and you weren't really aggressively overbidding anyone. You were kind of just staying in the course. Was that your play? Is that how you normally handle these types of drafts? Kind of like staying the course, not focused on anyone else and really trying to get money off the table? Or was it this particular draft because no one was really spending no and i you know i spent a lot early and it was just because three guys went a lot cheaper than i thought they would i mean fernando tatis right up top for 37 uh when juan soto went a couple of picks later for 48 i got a cunha for 42 and trey turner was about to go for 31 with like one second left i bid it up to 32 because it was just ridiculous for turner a first round pick uh, you know, it gives you a little bit of pop and stolen bases. Uh, I know it's a points league, but geez, that just seemed like that was so cheap. Uh, so I felt like I took advantage of the cheapness right off the bat. Uh, and then obviously I had to, had to, you know, play the room a little bit more after that. I couldn't just keep picking up bargains or I'd have nothing left and half my team would be a dollar. So uh, I took advantage of it as much as I could. But yeah, there was, a, and, and you're right about closers. Like I got James Karinchak for six bucks, uh, which I thought was amazing. Because he's not uh, going to close, but that's okay. Well, we'll see. He's still going to strike out a hundred guys and and have an ERA under two. Yeah, he's going to be uh, more like an Andrew Miller or a or a Josh Hader than a traditional <laughs> closer. Yeah. I mean, I'll take it for six bucks, and then you know what? I picked up three closers in the, in the reserve rounds when it didn't cost me anything, and I'll play the wire for the season. So yeah, I, I, I definitely thought I would like to have picked up some of the closers because they were going cheaper, but. I spent so much on my offense that I really couldn't afford to do it. it right. Don't See, make them like, feel I, bad, Sells. Don't make them feel bad about <laughs> Karen Check. So, six bucks is a great deal on Karen Check. I just wanted to put him out there that he's probably not saving like thirty games. Like I, like I just. It, I, I don't. Why not? He, he, why? Because they've come out and said they're going to use him in the highest leverage situations per game not in the ninth inning, whenever they need the guy to come in, just like they did with Andrew Miller. Um, 
But, like, okay, so I didn't completely punt saves in my league. I just didn't spend the $10 to go get a guy, right? Like, I spent $0.75 cents in my $100 budget to get uh, Stephon Crichton in Arizona, who I think is going to be the closer instead of uh, Joaquin Soria. And then in the taxi round or the bench rounds, you know, like what uh, Ryan just described with Tout, I got guys like Ian Kennedy with my last pick, which I lucked into because then, like, two days later, the other guy went down with uh, an injury. Um, I got Kyle Crick, who I think is going to close in Pittsburgh. I got him for nothing. And I got um, J.B. Bukowskis, who I think is probably going to be the closer for Arizona in the second half of the season. So I got some guys who could get me some saves. But I didn't pay, like I don't pay up for big-name closers because I just don't. They're like one category, guys, for me. Are you guys going after in your respective drafts, Alberto Mondesi? I haven't. I haven't yet. I'm not opposed I, to it, but it's always gone for either in a snake draft too soon or in a salary cap league too much for for my liking. Yeah. See the the snake drafts that I've been in. Uh, well, I just took over a dynasty team. He was not available in the snake draft, so I was not going to get him. Um, TGFBI, I had the second overall pick, so I wasn't going to take Mondesi in the first round, and there's no way he was going to be there in the second round uh, in a 15-teamer. And in my, um, you know, in the other auctions I've done, there were better values. Like, if he, if the power shows up, then he's going for a great value because he could be a 2050 guy. If the power doesn't show up and he bats, like, 230 with, like, 10 homers and, like, 40 steals then it's too much to pay for Alberto Mondesi. Gotcha. I'm still I'm still on Kyle Crick, whether or not he's going to close or not. Oh, I think he's going to be the closer in Pittsburgh. I don't think it's going to be Richard Rodriguez. I like Crick. I don't know if he'll start the season, but I think he's got a real chance at some point to, to take the job. Yeah, we've been talking about Richard Rodriguez and how you're right on that part, sells regarding Rodriguez. When talking about our fantasy baseball drafts, by the way, the Jim Bowden draft is live right now, and it's constantly being updated. Rankings, I know, sells, and Hallam, I know, Hallam, you've been in industry drafts, sells. I know that you've got a big part of baseball in your heart. We've been just talking about drafts. So, guys, let's move on to another sport that's been pretty active over the last week. And, Ryan, I want to give you a chance here, man. This is your time. It was almost like the stock market when it came to the NFL today, especially. We got some draft pick trades, my man. Yeah, my 49ers moved up from 12 to 3, uh, unloaded three draft picks, uh, well, four all total, to, counting their first, to move but up. Garoppolo uh, was their guy. You know, I think it would be they're, – they're definitely going to draft a quarterback, but I would be surprised if Garoppolo is not the starter week one. Because the team is set to win now. I mean, they, they brought back pretty much everyone in free agency. Uh, you know, they, considering everyone that got injured last year all should be back. Uh, you know, it's, it should be not that much different from the team in 2019 that went to the Super Bowl. Uh, and the division's so, pretty wide open right now. I mean, I don't know that Seattle or – I mean, yeah, Arizona's made nice moves, but their yeah. defense is still not great. And I don't think L.A. or Seattle are runaway contenders with it. So, so you you would be I'd be surprised if they draft a quarterback and don't and don't have Garoppolo. My my question and I tweeted this today was I don't understand the end game here. 
so, you know, they can't, they shouldn't really trade Garoppolo. He's coming off a season where he's hurt most and his stock is really down. So you're not going to get two first round picks back for him. Obviously you wouldn't get one first round pick back for him. So if he comes back and he plays well, then what do we do? Then do you hold the two quarterbacks again for another year? Or no, do you, you trade-, trade if Garoppolo comes back, leads him to the playoffs, you trade him to go get your first round picks back. Well, then why, why, did, why did you draft the rookie? I mean, it's not like Garoppolo's 35. He could have eight good years left in him. So then what? Are we trading because the Because you like the played? quarterback that's on the board now. Can you tell me who the top quarterbacks are next year? No, but I'm telling you, Garoppolo isn't done after next year. If he's good this year, then we don't need a quarterback next year either. Like, I, I thought they were going to sign a, a good backup in case he got hurt again. I, I, don't, I don't understand. I'm not really sure of the... The plan here, uh, John Lynch has been fantastic as the GM, so I'm what, cautiously look at optimistic. What the just did with Carson Wentz. Yeah, they got Jay a second Lynch. round pick. They got a second round pick for him. It yeah, like and it was, Wentz was heinous. Wentz was horrible. You're not going to get two first round picks for Garoppolo, even if, if Garoppolo well. comes back, leads you all to the playoffs. Then yes, then why would get... then why would then why would we get rid of him if he just took us to the Super Bowl or deep into the playoffs? Because he now does... you can get two first round picks, and you have a rookie that just spent a year learning under Garoppolo <laughs> and is a year into the system. But why get rid of Garoppolo? Two years that he's healthy, we go to the Super Bowl or close to it. Why would you not keep him and keep him as our quarterback? I, it just it doesn't make sense. Oh, you did really well again. All right, get out. It doesn't add up to me. I mean, I'm not saying it adds up. I'm just telling you I'm playing devil's advocate that that's yeah. what Lynch is, I, is is looking at doing. So if that's the case, then that's two years of a quarterback on a rookie deal when you're supposed to try to take advantage of a quarterback on a rookie deal and, and bolster your, your team in other places because you have more money to spend. And we're not doing that either. So, I, I, I again, cautiously optimistic. I trust my GM. I'm just scratching my head a little bit today. I see all these fans celebrating. I mean, the Chiefs uh, also did, by the way, the same thing with Patty Mahomes. They had Alex Smith. Alex Smith took them to the playoffs, looked really good, and then said, oh, by the way, Washington, you want to take them? Fine. You can take them, pay them a bunch of money. We'll take your your corner. We'll draft Mahomes 10th overall, and now we're set for life with a quarterback. Well, I hope that's what happens. It's just a, it, it is a risk. It, but, it, but, oh, there's always a risk in drafting a quarterback in the NFL. Just look at the Bears; they missed on two of them in the first in the same first round. And I don't, and I don't want to be that. But more importantly than that, guys, Tevin Coleman is he <laughs> going to be awesome for my Jets and sells his Jets? How long? Uh, no, his, no uh, his time is fast. It's just that I backfield. Didn't think so that backfield, I don't really know what they're doing. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't know what think, they're doing with the entire team. Wait, but wait, you would think, Mike, well, we, because we don't know what the deal is with their quarterback situation at the they're moment. They're drafting Zach Wilson. Okay. But we still the don't Athletic know. has it, ESPN has it. Like, basically, everybody knows that the Jets are taking Zach Wilson. It's the worst kept secret in sports right now. <laughs> Seems likely. He also just came off apparently just an amazing pro day. Today is what I hear from the Twitterverse and all of the writers that were either there or watched it live streamed. I don't know if they were all there or not. Whatever, but okay. But their their off season has thus far been Corey Davis and Tevin Coleman. So I'm not yeah. happy right now about this. Neither am I. <laughs> so, but but what about Lamichael Pirine? From what little we saw, 
I, I, he saw some some nice flashes. He caught some passes out of the backfield. Yeah. He, he did. They also have no offensive line, so hopefully, you know, if they do something with that, that will also help. Uh, I am say he's not a total loss, P Ryan, by any stretch. I'm just not ready to be, you know, excited about him coming into the season. And then come <laughs> draft day, whoever misses out on a quarterback is going to be calling about Darnold. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Would you give him one more year? I would. You would. I would. And here's here's the problem. For his sake, for his sake, since I like Darnold, for his sake, I want him out of New York so that he can succeed. I think he is mentally messed up from what the Jets have done to him. The 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 just just the whole. Well, what you know, have the Jets done to him? Because if anything, I think the thing the problem with Darnold has been that if you think about it, he hasn't had really what a full healthy season. I mean, he got hurt a couple times, lower body injuries his rookie year. Then he had, what, mono last year or two years ago? He had mono that took him out for, what, five to seven weeks there? So, I, you know, I don't think he's had a fully healthy season, and that's right, why— Right, but think about how many different coaches has he played for now? Three? Yes. Adam Gase, right there, screwed him up. For Look at everybody who does not—who no longer plays for Adam Gase— and how much better they are when they're not with Adam Gase. That's it. That's my entire argument. I yeah, I can't stand Adam Gase. But right, yeah, so you mentally messed up Darnold because you hired Adam Gase. That's that's the entire argument. All right, let's just stop talking about this and talk about Kenny Galladay going to the Giants. What do you guys I know think Monday's of that? Monday's very excited. Well, yeah, because he's a Giants fan. Of course he's very excited about it. What about the rest of us, though, who only care about fantasy for this? I mean, it's not a bad landing spot for him. I don't know if it you know, rises his stock into does the, to the elite. Does it make you guys want to draft Daniel Jones as a low-end QB1 at all? I would draft Daniel Jones just like you drafted Matt Stafford, right? Like, really? Is so Daniel well, like, Jones is Daniel Jones and Stafford really that different at this point? Uh, um, I probably go Stafford. Stafford has some. I mean, Jones has more well, running ability, on. but Stafford has, has Stafford more reliability. Lions, not Stafford oh, well, on the Rams. He's not on the Lions anymore. I know, but I'm just saying we don't know what he looks like on the Rams because he's also with a guy whose offense has gotten stifled for two years in a row, right? Like we all think it was Goff's fault. Maybe it's the coaching, right? I love Daniel Jones. I wrote an article last year about how he was like the next star in the league, and obviously that did not happen. Uh, <laughs> so we will see. I am I am cautiously optimistic that year three he will improve, especially with Saquon Barkley uh, hopefully playing in full season. You can't argue that that didn't hurt him. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, God damn, the decision-making and the turnovers are really still a problem with him. So I, I, I think I am still, even with Galladay, who, by the way, isn't exactly the picture of health himself, uh, I'm, I'm probably shying away from Jones as a QB1. We'll have yeah. to see what happens. What were you saying, Sells? I mean, I agree with Ryan. I mean, I never, I don't think I took Stafford with Galladay in the Lions offense as a low-end QB1. I took him as more of a high-end QB2. That if your QB1 goes down, you can rely on Stafford for a couple of weeks to air it out, right? Like, right. that's in a good matchup, you can rely on Daniel Jones to air it out, but that's about it. That is about it. T.Y. Hilton back with the Colts, and that is pretty much what we're talking about right now when it comes to 
fantasy football, but that NFL draft is coming up, and you know your Fantasy Alarm family will have all of the coverage for that. Guys, let's go on to the final icebreaker of the day. Even though icebreakers normally happen at the start of the show, we do things ass backwards on this show, so icebreaker to end. What do you guys bring into the family table? Let's start with you, Mr. Howell. All right, so I'll be ridiculous. Um, so I was thinking earlier about something I saw on Twitter the other day and, and something that I think we've all experienced through our life is, you know, how life changes as you get older. Uh, so, and I think, Matt, I think you cook a decent amount. Fancy, I don't know if you do, but I saw something. Like, do you have a favorite burner on the stove? And you know what? I do. Upper left. I use it all the time. It's like the only one burner on the stove that I use. I have a favorite knife. I have a favorite burner. I'm like, what happened to my life? Like, 21-year-old me would be so disappointed with 43-year-old me. What the hell's wrong with me? I have a favorite burner. Uh, so uh, I don't know if you guys have something weird like that or something that's like you've gotten old and it's like, God damn, how did I get here moment? But that was mine. I have a pot that I really want to order, but it's not currently on sale, so I have to wait. But I really want. What, what does that have to do with anything he just said? He said burner. It's something. Oh. It's something ridiculous that twenty-one-year-old Matt would be like. I really want this pot. It was like, who the hell would think of that? You know, when you're, you know, early twenties. Right? Like, I'm like, I'm getting really excited to order a pot. Like, but if you're like twenty-one and not like the kind you smoke, um, no, like one you cook in, so I can use my favorite burner and use my favorite knife to cut yeah, my shit. favorite cutting board to make my favorite dishes um, what, about seat, what about seat on the couch like what if i only sit in one seat on the couch absolutely yeah, yeah that counts that's yeah. that that's probably mine right there i have my seat on the couch and it's like kind of like i don't know if you guys ever watched the show all in the family like archie bunker archie bunker has his chair and anytime anyone sat in the chair he kind of give him a weird look and tell him to get the hell out i'm not as rude but I kind of give the look of someone, including my dog, sits in that seat. It's very worn in, by the way. I have a big ass. <laughs> so you're like, you're like Sheldon Cooper, then, who had the spot in the couch in the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Don't call me Sheldon Cooper. Stop it. <laughs> Sells, what are you bring to the family table? Uh, I am going to bring to the table that in fantasy sports, nobody should be drafting more than a week before the start of the season in any sport. In any sport. I don't care what fantasy sport Bro, you're playing. Tell Tout Wars and Labor and FSGA that. Hey, TGFBI started. You didn't care about that? TG, TGFBI started their slow draft on March 1st, full month before opening day. So I know of what I speak, especially since last year we did the whole draft before COVID happened. And even before the draft ended, two days after I drafted Trey Mancini because it's a slow draft, it came out with the cancer diagnosis. Now, luckily, he's survived it, and he's great, and he's back, and he's looking good. Congrats to Trey Mancini on that one. But all of the, the fantasy baseball Twitter that's up in arms right now about, oh, God, Aloy Jimenez, I just lost Aloy. Well, if you had drafted this weekend or next week, wouldn't be a problem, would it? Oh, I just lost Kirby Yates. Again, you draft this weekend or next week, not a problem. Now, the people also complaining about Zach Gallen 
getting injured with a hairline fracture in his non-Tommy John-related forearm side because he dared to swing a bat? Get over yourselves. Just get over yourselves. Pitchers are allowed to touch baseball bats. Okay, they just are. Like, if he sprains an ankle because he's carrying a suitcase, are we going to ban him from traveling? Like, this what is just about, getting... What about when Mariano Rivera tore his knee up shagging fly balls in the outfield? It was a freak thing. He'd done it literally his entire career, and it had never happened. I just had to ask. I just I, had to ask. The reason guys get injured now is because they're specializing. It's not because they're playing too hard or doing odd, random roles they're not used to. It's because they're specializing. The human body is meant to do multiple sports. That's why any good high school coach or travel coach or little league coach will tell you, please do multiple sports in the offseason because it works different parts of your body and it actually prevents injuries. So those of you complaining about injuries... Don't have people specialize and don't draft until the final weekend before the regular season. And you'll now if they happen in the regular season, whatever. But you can't complain about spring training injuries when you're drafting three weeks before opening day. Right. I'm with you on that. And you got to be careful. That's why you got to pick your draft spots. And yes, I try to do it as close to the start of the season as possible, even a few days before. So I'm on the same page with you, Cells. All right, guys, I'm going to quickly go over this list of players that were traded, and I'm just going to go whether or not their fantasy stock goes up or down. I'm literally just going to rattle names off so we don't waste too much time here because this was a very active NBA trade deadline. So Nikola Vucevic goes to the Bulls. Value should stay pretty similar. Maybe a few shots go down, but it's a faster-paced offense, so value stays the same. Victor Oladipo's value is going to drop. He's joining a Heat team with Jimmy Butler and others. Aaron Gordon, his value is also going to drop, although he's been hurt most of the year. He's going to be splitting time and shots with about four other forwards and Nikola Jokic. Norman Powell's going to have the same value. Wendell Carter Jr. going to the Magic. By the way, Norman Powell going to the Blazers. Same value backing up the guards. Wendell Carter Jr. is going to be the starting center. You should see a little bit more usage, but he almost is better when he plays fewer minutes, at least for now at this point in his career. Evan Fournier is going to lose some shots going to Boston. There are a lot of other shooters there. DeLon Wright is going to completely lose that usage now that he has to compete with three other shot-happy and ball-dominant guards. So not a good landing spot in Sacramento. Kelly Olenek is one of the few big men now in Houston, but he was one of the few power forwards in Miami. So his value should stay the same. Maybe he picks up a few more shots. Lou Williams going to the Hawks. Good for Magic City Sports Bar and Grill because they got their favorite customer back in Atlanta. However, for his fantasy value, not really good. He even was contemplating retirement too. (laughs) Gary Harris to the Magic From a defensive standpoint, he's barely played all year. Gary Trent Jr. will have the same value. Same with Daniel Tice, who'll be backing up the bigs. And I'll say this, of all of the players who were traded, someone that is a dark horse with gaining value long-term, R.J. Hampton going from the Nuggets to the Magic. It's a wasteland there. They did a whole fire sale, but he should be able to benefit the rookie in grabbing more minutes and, more importantly, more shots. So, guys... that is pretty I'm much a, what went on in the NBA. You just, yes, you just made my night. You just made my night. I'm in a 14 team, very competitive fantasy bas- basketball league. And I picked up RJ Hampton. Yeah, so dude, I just no, made... you know what? 
he was he's on Denver. He showed flashes, but he didn't get enough playing time. Denver's one of the deepest teams in the NBA. Now he goes to the wasteland of the NBA that has virtually nothing. Markel Fultz is out for the year. It's literally Michael Carter-Williams and him. So if R.J. Hampton fails, it's not because it's not going to be because of lack of opportunity. They literally don't have anybody else. And I'm going to be doing a write-up, and you'll be able to check it out on FantasyAlarm.com because he's someone that you immediately need to pick up. And as soon as he has that one big scoring game, everyone's going to be on him. So your time is almost out. So go grab him, R.J. Hampton. For Ryan Hallam, Matt Sells, Justin Fensterman, this is called Multisport Madness. This is called Family Times on FantasyAlarm.com. Your family is always with you. We'll be back next week. But for now, always dominate. Why is that? There isn't any other option. We just win.